Welcome everyone to our newest Infinite Possibilities with Patrick Willis podcast. We're excited to have you join us today. Uh, today, um, I'm actually on this call from Saudi Arabia. Uh, earlier today, I was able to actually go snorkeling on the beautiful Coral Reef Beach. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm really excited to, to be able to still continue this, even though I'm half a world away. And Patrick, where are you at right now? Hey, Mike, I'm, I'm excited to have seen some of the pictures earlier that I saw on social media of the beautiful snorkeling that you got to do. I'm not doing that today uh, where I am, but I am actually uh, doing this podcast from the 13th floor of the historic People's Petroleum Building in downtown Tyler, built almost 90 years ago. It's where uh, our offices are headquartered in uh, downtown Tyler, but it's kind of... Uh, Interesting to me that in uh, this building will be 90 years old this year, Mike, and the fact that uh, the, the man who occupied this and when it first opened was a guy named Senator uh, Pollard, and I don't think Senator Pollard probably had his office, probably wasn't communicating with folks in Saudi Arabia. What do you think? No, no, I think you're right, but, uh, you know, I'm a history buff, so I think it's pretty interesting that probably both uh, – that building and that time frame in Saudi Arabia were launching uh, in big ways with the oil booms that were happening in both of these uh, countries. And so in a weird way, it yeah. all circles back even today. So that's pretty fascinating. To me. That is that is absolutely correct. That's, that's a great point. I love it too. So today we're continuing our conversations on your amazing program that you created that is the seven, uh, the, excuse me, the seven arenas of infinite possibilities. And, uh, you know, I, I really just enjoyed so much learning more and more about all the work you've done over the years, but how you've now put it together into this really comprehensive program that helps Profits, real infinite goals. So today, what are we going to be talking about, Patrick? Well, in the seven arenas of nonprofit uh, possibilities, I want to talk about the systems portion. Uh, one of the uh, the seven arenas, and, and again, uh, briefly, I'll run through. We we have in in the seven arenas uh, for nonprofit management: governance, vision and leadership, value proposition. The systems, of course, staffing, communication, and fundraising. Those are the seven areas you, that, a, that a board of directors and staff have to pay the closest attention to when running a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've uh, had one of our podcasts on governance. We've had one on fundraising. This one is about systems, and, and um, I'm excited about this because I want to incorporate so much of the uh, systems and the importance of that and the knowledge you've had in the 30 years you've done uh, work in the field of education, especially in private schools and, and the like, but that can be applied to uh, nonprofit organizations um, throughout, you know, uh, the, the scope of, of, of uh, the work. That's right. Well, you do know this is one of my favorite areas. I believe that systems are something that sometimes get overlooked. And, uh, and if you don't have effective systems that you create yourself, uh, systems will create themselves and you will then be a kind of a, a, a subject to the things that just happen. And, and you and I've talked a lot about one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And Great book. Love this book. And it was a, an incredible read for me to validate a lot of things that I've seen. And, and again, my experience with nonprofits, especially schools over 30 years. And one of the quotes that really resonated with me from the book is that he said that you do not rise to the level of your highest goals. You fall to the level of your lowest system. 
And I have seen that over and over again. People who have just great ambitions and great um, aspirations, but yet those aspirations are never reached because their systems just won't allow them to actually reach that far. And so, again, I'm excited to talk about it today. I know that in your system, you actually, I mean, you go on these deep dives with um, nonprofit organizations to really look at each of these arenas. But, but to kind of help people get a, a glimpse of the overall view, you give some, a, a summary. So I know there are three areas that you mentioned in systems that are vital for organizations to look at. Give me a summary of those three main broad areas first. Sure. We There are, are three areas that we like to kind of define, and they each have some subcategories within them. But basically, we take them in three focus areas. And I like to look at the areas of you know the agile frameworks, so problem solving, the tactical frameworks, and problem finding. Uh, and I know that's a, I like that term, it's a term you've used before, but, but really looking at the Agile systems, and there's several of those uh, that organizations can use. And then, you know, the, the dashboard, visual, visualizations, uh, appropriate infographics and tracking those visualizations are incredibly important. And then from a system that I like to use, and it is the basis of the system for, to me, the level and what's great about this one, and I've referred to it as relationship mapping, and what's great about that particular system is it's the core level. And, and even if you don't know you're doing it, for the most part you are. Helping to define it and helping to make it a, uh, a more uh, generative, if you will, system for your organization will help you in lots of different ways. But that relationship mapping uh, certainly is something I've, I've – uh, uh, that's a core part of, of the entirety of the nonprofit consulting I do. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's kind of dive into each one of those. And uh, I'd like to start with the Agile Frameworks. You know that is, yes. is something I'm very passionate about and something that I have really gone um, into great depth studying and, and implementing. Uh, I'm a Scrum certified um, leader, and I have seen over the years how powerful Agile frameworks can be for organization. Uh, I read the book Scrum uh, several years ago, and uh, when I read the book, it was fascinating to me that as I read about the, the practice of how you go into actually moving away from traditional problem solving, where we try to outline the entire big complex problem and work through all solutions and then try out our solution, instead you try small parts of the problem and you break it down and you actually um, pilot little things that actually see if you've solved those small things. It's really how computer programmers have done so many great things in recent years and things like that. And, and what I learned through reading the book is that unintentionally over the years I had picked up a lot of agile practices and, and when I had used that process uh, I was successful and we reached really great ends. But many times when we weren't successful on projects or programs, it was because we weren't being agile. So, so I really, again, am fascinated by how organizations can go about trying to use the resources more effectively to solve the problems and to really go about being, you know, forward thinking on, on what they're doing. So, so tell me a little bit about um, how you see agile as an important thing for people to problem solve. Well, I think, you know, if you look at it, I believe that Agile would be sort of obviously a management philosophy, right, that uses a core set of values and principles. And then, you know, you talked about Scrum specifically being a methodology, 
And so right. I think those would be a key differential dif, different uh, definition uh, yeah. of, of those two words so that, that the audience kind of, if they're not familiar, they understand it. And I know there's a lot about it. Um, I, I think that when organizations can come in with their methodologies mm-hmm. and they decide this is where they're going to go, then everybody's on the same page and it gives vocabulary and it gives uh, a guidepost around what they're trying to accomplish. Would that be yeah, a fair yeah, statement? Absolutely. absolutely, it is. And, you know, one of the things that um, I was proud of when we were working at All Saints with um, using Agile frameworks, we actually worked with Scrum Inc. to help them develop some programs for uh, nonprofits. And, uh, you know, we really saw, though, that this really lent itself for nonprofits because so many nonprofits rely upon volunteer base for a lot of the things they do. And you don't have volunteers that are there all day, every day to understand everything that's needed. And so an Agile framework, again, breaks it down into small parts. And so a a volunteer can come in and see one small job that needs to be done and can tackle it and and understand it to to actually get it into the place where it moves the organization forward. And then they can pick up another task or someone else can pick up the next task. And so I think, again, as long as uh, folks listening today can start thinking about, do we have a process that allows us to best utilize our people? Does it allow us to problem solve effectively? If not, there are lots of systems that Patrick can help you get in place. Um, Again, Patrick is always available to take deep dives on this and all the other seven arenas. If you think, wow, that's exactly what I need, then you need to reach out to him. But let's move on and talk about um, relationship mapping because this is something that to me is fascinating as far as a system and certainly plays within the Agile frameworks, but something you've used for many, many years. Absolutely. And thanks for uh, setting that up like that because it really is uh, an Agile framework. And again, I think going through this process really – Uncovering all of this and putting it into a format has really helped me to organize uh, it as a system. And I think for for many years, it was just something that was intuitive to me that I did uh, for clients, but I never really had an explanation behind it or never really had a process behind it. And so that made such a difference to be able to do this. And so one of the one of the things I'm real excited about in the system is to say, hey, folks, look, if you're not using relationship mapping, if you're not or using the techniques involved in it, then you're, you're missing out on really ways in which you can enhance the projects that you're working on. And so from a, from a nonprofit level, there you take either board governance, which is one of the most important parts of how to run an organization and, and the things you have to pay closest attention to and the fundraising. Most of the clients, Mike, that I work with, those are the two things they come to me with. Normally it's, oh my gosh, we're, sh- we're short, we got to raise money, it's urgent. And they don't know that they need more governance planning or structures or systems or, or looking at all the other arenas, they have to, but it gives us an opportunity to, to, to bring that to their attention. But when you take away from, if you step back from the fundraising emergently and say, all right, how are we going to systematically put our fundraising into place? How are we systematically going to have a a vice chair of governance or a nominating committee that's going to work in a very effective manner. And relationship mapping gives that ability to do that. The processes within it, uh, it helps with cultivation of donors. It helps with cultivation of board members. 
It helps with the stewardship process. And the stewardship process, again, is is in the nonprofit speak, is our the way we're fund, you know, thanking our donors. And then obviously in the recognition portion of uh, how we how we are involved in that. And so the techniques that you use, the, st- the structure that you use um, are similar methodologies, but you have to have a plan and you have to know the plan for each of the sections of what you're trying to do, whether it is in the governance realm or whether it's in the uh, fundraising realm. Right, right. Yeah, one of the things that I learned uh, from you on this is that a lot of times people will come and they'll be about to launch a campaign or they'll be in a situation where they feel like their board is maybe not um, structured the way they would like or doesn't have the balance they need in trustees and they want to now create a relationship map for that event. And what you teach them is that if they will keep a relationship map going at all times, that it'll actually help inform many of their decisions and it'll leave it so that they're not even in those situations where they have to all of a sudden find the right donors or all of a sudden find the right trustees. It's always part of their systems that they are always generating these things and they also are informed about them. And I think that's really important for folks. If you are part of a nonprofit and you can tell a story or remember one where in a short amount of time ago, you thought, man, I need to hurry and find a donor. Or I need to I need to work on cultivating trustees. You need to have relationship maps in your system. Oh, ab- absolutely. Uh, I, di- I did one recently for a group uh, in higher education, and it was a, a particular initiative that they wanted to start. And they wanted to, to really bring about a certain group of people. And it was interesting because with the core leadership, the executive team, we were able to create a group of people to come together to serve as an advisory council, but we had to use a relationship mapping technique in that instance. And then once those people were, were put in place that were volunteers on the this advisory board, then we brought the advisory board together and those individuals and were then tasked with who do in the community do we need to get A, engaged, so it's an engagement process, and B, for a fundraising process. And so we were able to create those names of those people as potential prospects for future involvement, not just in leadership, but then then translating that to the fundraising process. So it's leadership, it's engagement with community as members, as ambassadors for your organization. And then ultimately, in addition to that, it's the fundraising process. So you can see, but then we've collected all that data, but it took three different uh, time frames in order or three different exercises with the relationship mapping technique to reach that goal that they had to do and now that they've gotten that goal met you then it takes it forward with their being able to plan and implement as a part of their functioning development plan which of course goes back to arena number seven and we, we've done some discussions on development plans and the importance of having a development plan um, I'll tell you one of the podcasts I'd love to do, Mike, is actually I'd love to do a podcast just simply on development uh, speak. You know, what is a development plan? What is a strategic plan? How are they different? What does that mean? We use so many terms in the nonprofit world that I think sometimes it almost confuses the folks that we're, we're trying to work with and help uh, just because of the, the, the nomenclature of the, the words. Absolutely. No, I, I, I would definitely listen to that podcast for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think, again, it's interesting to me to think about how you help organizations build this relationship map that not only, again, helps them 
with specific tasks they're trying to take, but also to more um, quickly define and to inform the decisions they're making as far as how they're moving together towards your, their strategic goals. Like who is actually on board, who is doing what, and who is not? Who do we need to engage and who needs to be involved? So yes. again, I, I love this. We could go on and on. This is for Absolutely. a deep dive in another time, I know. But the, the last one we wanted to look at um, when we think about systems is this idea of data visualization um, and maybe more specifically the dashboards. Uh, why is this important for organizations to have some way to visualize data to share? Well, it, it's just, in my opinion, like if you if you want to know where you're going to go, and you know, back in the back in the old days, I guess we could say before we had the GPS systems, you know, everybody had a Rand McNally, didn't they? And they had to open up. If you wanted to go from from Fort Worth, Texas, to Cincinnati, Ohio, you just didn't drive out of the city limits of Fort Worth, heading some direction you thought might be the direction of Ohio, right? You, you you looked at the map, you looked at the route, you looked at, at the road systems, you looked at, at, at where you were going to stop along the way, what time frame it was going to get to get to Cincinnati, what it was going to look like, uh, you know, driving, then you, you might even check weather forecasts. You, there were all sorts of things that you really wanted to look at in order to plan from getting that from point A to point B, right? And so dashboards in my opinion, reflect that way. You have a great example that you use with the, with the car. You're, you're a, a, a known big, car guy. <laughs> You've got some yeah. great ones. It, it may be better than my Rand McNally uh, uh, um, example, but, but that's what it is, right? It's like a car dashboard. Right. No, I, I, yeah, I love this idea, and I, I do love cars, and I love the analogy that, you know, if you end up, if, if we all had a... Uh, dashboard that looked more like a cockpit in a plane, uh, we'd be overwhelmed and we wouldn't do much with it. It, it has sure. too much information, certainly it has more than we need for our daily travels. And and those of us that are leading nonprofit organizations, we need specific things in front of us and we need to know what is important. And so one of my favorite phrases that I use a lot with my teams is that we need to measure what matters. Uh, we, we get a lot of data in our organizations. Matter of fact, we measure so many things. and. Any of us who are honest that run nonprofits will admit that we have a lot of data that we've never looked at. And, and so we have to be really careful. Yes, we need to collect data, but we want to make sure that we highly measure what matters and that what matters is measured. And so on a dashboard, it needs to be very clear, obvious things that we can use for tracking those important elements, whether that be something that's part of a strategic plan, a fundraising exercise, or day-to-day -day operations. You need to know those numbers. And beyond that, you want to make sure that those numbers are used organizationally for you as a leader and those that work with your team, but also so you can communicate to the board. What happens in too many nonprofits is that trustees either get not enough information that they feel like they can't get involved or actually have an opinion because they don't know enough, or they get too much data, they feel like they're overwhelmed and they don't analyze it, or sometimes they just feel like the job is too big for them as a volunteer. So when you have a very effective dashboard that allows you to communicate what's going on in your organization, where you stand, then you help everyone get more involved and understand their, where we are in this road, right? That dashboard yeah. serves you well. And uh, I, I always use the analogy that you have to be careful too because there's certain things on a dashboard that 
are important to you when you're going on a cross-town trip, and there are things in your dashboard that are important when you're going on a cross-country trip. So know what journey you're on with you, your board, and your team, and then build the dashboard that works for you. Well, and again, I think I think visualizations, I think so many people are visual learners, and I think that being able to see that, it, it, it really makes sense. It's a clear picture. It gives like you said, everybody, the, the trustee or the board of director member, the staff, executive, and really and truly even other people that, that are maybe program officers, for instance, in your organization, if they're just at least aware of where the, the board is heading or the executive team is heading, then it gives them the service for people that are providing just the general services, for instance, it gives them an understanding that, yeah, these people have a plan. They, they know what's happening. And I feel good being able to deliver the service I'm delivering because they're taking care of whatever the needs are to meet the organization so that I can still provide that as a service provider. And I think that level of communication also is enhanced when, when everybody seems to understand what that dashboard uh, visualization looks like. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, when you were just uh, you know, going through that, it reminded me of something you talked about in uh, the trustee and the governance uh, podcast we did. And that yeah. was really talking about how um, trustees have really some specific roles and just not to go into that whole thing again, but that one sure. of their roles is to really be generative and to make sure that they, they don't get too much into the operational. And I think the dashboards allow us to clearly define those roles because then the trustees can trust because they see the data they need. They know the, the path we're on. But when they don't see stuff, it's when they have to start asking lots more questions. And maybe mm -hmm. they're feeling a little unsure, and it creates that, that lack of boundary. And so, again, I think that data visualizations help the relationship between the trustee and the leadership team, but also in keeping true to the strategic plan. And then, you know, lastly on, on data visualizations, the other thing that I think is so important is that it also just helps the day-to-day -day operations of internal and external marketing as well. Mm -hmm. I, I've done this for a long time again, and I've, I've seen where we're trying to put something out to the community to share the good things, and we spend about you know three or four days collecting the data and what's important and going and asking everyone what should we share, and, and we should already have been collecting that. But when you have a dashboard, it, it's right there. You're like, here it is. Let's share that out. Here it is. Let's put that out into our local community or into our external constituents. And it just makes life easier for you, even operationally. It, it does. It, it certainly does. It, 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 the systems, as you said, does directly affect the communications. And of course, that's uh, one of the podcasts we've yet to do. But it does that it, in the, the seven arenas, that is, is the one that is so critical. And yes. it does. It gives you an advantage because, again, you have everything in its place. And I think if we all know when we put things in their places and they stay there, then we know where to find them, right? Everything in its place and, and everything has a place, right? Absolutely. I think that's a good world to live by. Well, Patrick, <laughs> uh, again, I, I love that you have created this seven arenas of infinite possibilities and I just, again, it, it speaks to me because I truly believe that the work that's being done in nonprofits all across the world are really what will make a difference in how we achieve, um, hopefully, our goals to be a society that cares for each other and, and, and makes this world a better place. And, and if we can help each organization do a little better, then, again, I, I would be so thrilled. And I want to remind everyone, if they're interested in learning more about how to uh, learn about the seven infinite, uh, excuse me, the seven arenas of infinite possibilities, 
or to take a deep dive in one because they, they know they need some extra help, that, that you are available to them um, in several different ways and they should reach out. How should they reach out to you if they have questions or would like to have you come speak to the board or to their leadership team? Thank you very much. I, you can find uh, me on the on my website, which is uh, www.willistyler.com, and that will take you to uh, Patrick Willis Strategic Consulting's webpage. I'm also the same uh, Patrick Willis Strategic Consulting on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, I'm there, so any of those ways, or my office line is 903-939-3186. And uh, I even you can drop down at the historic People's Bank building downtown Tyler and and uh, drop in on us too. So we're we're uh, we're here. But Mike, I, I want to thank you for this. You've been a great uh, partner in helping me to um, get this word out with through this podcast and the ability to do this. This is a great format that. I'm excited to to have had the opportunity to do this, and I and I know there'll be other podcasts that we've got going on, and we'll do hopefully maybe we'll do one just to catch up with you on the work that you're doing in education over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that is such an exciting thing, and I I I, I follow you with interest on uh, the social media sites that you're on. I, it's just amazing what you're over there doing. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, yeah, I'm having lots of fun, and I'll take you up on that. We'll do that uh, in the in the near future. But I, great. again, I am proud to be part of this. I'm I'm excited to be able to uh, help you again get this word out. And I have gotten such great feedback from so many people that have heard the previous podcasts and have said that this is a a really great thing. It's it's generated a lot of thought for them. It's helped the organization ask deep questions, and I know that many of them have already reached out to you. So. Don't be last on the list. If you uh, are running a nonprofit organization, you need to be partnered with Patrick Willis. And I hope you'll tune in to our future podcast that will be coming in the uh, seven arenas of infinite possibilities. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Great. Thanks, Mike.